0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. How many of you sense the uh, revival winds blowing in? If you've ever been around, tornado, hurricane, whatever, um, there's always those early winds that start to come in, and you start to pick up on some of those early winds that, yeah, this is gonna be a good one. (laughs) We had some early winds once uh, a few years ago where we live. You remember this, because you come helped us clean with a chainsaw to clean up the mess. But um, we had a little, I don't know what it was, torn, I don't know if it was a tornado or they called it a down, some down, D-O-W-N, down what? Downdraft, down spout. spout, down spout. <laughs> um, but anyway, it came in and picked up one of our trees in the yard, ER. a big tree, just picked it up and threw it like it was a matchstick and uh, crushed the kids. Uh, we had one of those big old um, playgrounds out there and it just crushed it like it was nothing, just <laughs> And it was a mess, took stuff off the roof. But all of a sudden it was kinda like the wind came suddenly but there was just enough to know that oh, something's coming. And then it hit. And I'm, I'm just sensing that uh, the, the revival winds are blowing. The revival winds are blowing in. Why I say revival, I'm not talking about a a series of meetings. I'm talking about a state of the heart. I'm talking about a a people who um, are at the edge of slumber, are now awakened to spiritual things. We're, We're no longer just blind to spiritual things, but we're awakened to it. And so when, when those winds begin to blow, we just have to let the winds blow and let the Lord do what he wants to do, right? It's where we are. The result of that, this is not my message today, because I am going to finish this message that I've been trying to finish for 10 years, um, but the, 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 if, if when you study revival, and, and when I get back from vacation, we're going to be gone for two weeks Starting next Sunday, Um, Chris is going to be giving the devil what for, though, while we're gone. She's, yeah, she's already got him cornered, and, um, but uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that when I get back, but when revival comes, things change, and there was was one revival I was studying where uh, so many people started, their lives started to change that the courts, they, they hardly had anybody coming in to, to court because hardly anybody was being arrested because hardly anybody was doing anything that you do to get arrested. And, but one day they were having court and the policeman, this policeman testified, as he sat outside the courtroom, he heard a commotion inside. And so he ran in to see what was going on inside. And he saw the, uh, the, the, the defendant he saw the guy that committed the crime whatever you call him he he was crying and so he had cried out confessing what he had done the judge stopped the court proceedings long enough to say okay uh, I'm not judge at the moment I'm going to share and he shared Jesus with this guy this guy gets saved the choir I mean not the choir the 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 jury The jury breaks out in song like a choir. They break out in this song, a a, a hymn, and so the whole jury is over here singing. This guy is crying, he just got saved, trusted Jesus. The judge just became a preacher instead of a judge. That's what happens when revival comes. And I won't tell you how bad it was before. Anytime you start to look at things and the enemy starts to tell you it's too bad out there, it's too bad out there. The worse it gets, the more ripe we are for a move of God. The worse worse it appears to be, you just go ahead and tell yourself, devil, love your heart, you're doing everything you can do, but you've already lost. Hello? You've already lost. God's people done won this thing. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, and let's, um, let's finish this up. How many of y'all ready to finish this up? <clears throat> okay, nobody's ready. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse... I'm going to read verse 2. I don't know if they have that one or not. I'm going to read verse 2. Grace... And peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. How many of you like to have a, a, an abundance of peace? Have you ever, you ever prayed or had somebody just pl- please pray that I would have more peace? The reality is, we don't get more peace by asking for it. We get more peace. He tells us right here, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You want more peace, you got to get more knowledge. You want more peace, you got to get more knowledge. The reason we don't have peace sometimes is because we don't know who it is that we're trying to get to give us peace. The more you get to know who he is, the more you begin to realize, I have got every reason to have peace in this moment. Who is it that that stays in perfect peace? That person whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, Isaiah said? Who trusts in him? That's where peace comes from. And we get that as we gain knowledge. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. So again, it's His divine power that gives us everything we need, but we get it. We we begin to understand what it is and release it through our life when we gain knowledge of what we've been given. Make sense? by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. What are those promises? What precious, what great and precious promise have you been given? What great and precious promise have you been given? The greatest and most precious promise, eternal life. Think about what Jesus did. Think about him coming into this world. We had a problem, we had a sin problem, and this in this physical world was going to require a physical sacrifice, and Jesus came into this world, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, beaten, crucified died raised again three days later and those who put their faith and trust in him will have eternal life that is a great and precious promise through the blood of jesus we've been washed and set free that is a great and precious promise we've been made a part of the kingdom of god or a citizen of god's kingdom that is a great and precious promise when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are made a new creature, a new creation. That is a great and precious promise. God will provide all of your needs according to His riches and glory. That is a great and precious promise. The Word of God is full of great and precious promises. And the more we get in and the more we gain knowledge and learn what they are, the more we learn to walk in. The, the, the freedom and in the promises in, in, and in the things that the promises bring. Look at, um, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Through these promises, we just walked through some of the promises, right? So when you have been, been born again, made a new creation, you now are participating in his divine nature. That's, that is the God nature participating in that how because he lives in you he has come to live inside of you and then I love this right here having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption uh, in the world caused by evil desires how many of you can look around and say, man, I'm telling you, the corruption that's in this world most definitely is caused by evil desires. We can have freedom from that through Jesus. We can have freedom from that through Jesus. But you have to get to where you stop making excuses. Well, that was Jesus. I mean, he was Jesus. Of course, he didn't sin. That was Jesus. But, you know, I'm just bubble. I'm just Bubba, or Bud. (laughs) I'm not really Bubba, I don't know. (laughs) We are participating in his divine nature. Having escaped the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. We have power over that. Now we're not in heaven, heaven's perfection yet and you're going to deal with it and I'm going to deal with it and we're going to have some desires that are not so great desires but we've been given the power to overcome those desires. Amen. For this reason, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So the reason I can't get this sermon done is because I keep starting in the same place and I keep preaching the same verses. <laughs> I mean, how many ways can you preach these same verses? I read them and it's like, I can't get anywhere. But um, I'm going to this time. I did in the early service. And if you all keep pulling it out on me, you, all, you know you have a whole lot to do with how long a message is, don't you? If you make me work hard, we could be in here a long time. But if, you, if your spirit is connected to my spirit and our spirits are connected to the Holy Spirit and you are longing for the Word of God and you're just soaking it up like a sponge, we're out of here in about three minutes. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. So, what we're doing is we're going to have effective faith. We're going to add to our faith. The faith is the foundation. It's the footer. It's the bottom. Okay? It's what we build everything else on. It's the one thing that you can't see because it's going to be under all this other stuff. You go to somebody's house, you don't see the, the footer. You don't see the foundation. It's under. But there's other stuff built on top of it. That's what you see. And he's saying if you want the kind of life that's going to have an impact on the world where you're never going to stumble, where you're going to be able to um, watch God do some great things through your life, what kind of that is where all of these things are built on top of your faith. Yes. And so he goes on giving us a list. And he says, make every effort to add to your faith. What we're we going to do, we're going to build onto it. Goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness. Moral goodness, moral goodness, moral goodness. Goodness, moral, goodness. (laughs) And why do I hammer away at that? Because we we live in a society that just says, have it your own way. Create your own truth. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you believe. Just do whatever you want to do. Do what makes you feel good. That's not how you create a morally good society. Right? Right? And we all have to chip in on this society. Some of us want to just say, you all fix society. I'm going to go do what I want to do. No, no, no. We're all in this together. We all live in this world together. So we need to make some morally conscious good decisions. Not going to preach on everything. Go, bud. Go. 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 <laughs> and to goodness knowledge knowing get more knowing and to knowledge self-control Holy Spirit empowered self-control and to self-control perseverance perseverance to stick to it stay with it do not quit don't give up perseverance is not what you have when everything is going great in your life bank accounts full all the bills are paid the kids are well behaved maybe not (laughs) Uh, the kids are gone to grandma's house Um, everything is well everybody's well nobody's sick that's not perseverance anybody can walk that it's when all hell comes against you that you have to persevere that's when something deep down inside of you says I will not quit I will not give up in Jesus' name by his power in the divine nature that is inside of me. I will not give up. I know what I see, but I will not give up. I know what I hear, but I will not give up and I will not give in. I am going to march with him and in his power and by his standards and in his word, I'm going to walk that out in love. Because sometimes the thing we have to persevere in is love. And we'll talk about that in just a second, briefly. And to perseverance, godliness, let's just call that an awareness of God in your life. Awareness of God. Because we've created a world where it's kind of hard to be aware of him. Right? We're so aware of all of man's stuff and all of man's creations, it's easy to not be aware of him. But he's saying, build on your faith all of these things, and one of those things is an awareness that he is around you, with you, in you, on you, all day long. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Let me stop on those two just for a second. Mutual affection. Mutual affection is... Uh, comes from a word where we get our word Philadelphia, and how many of you know Philadelphia is the is is what city of brotherly love? Okay, so he's saying add brotherly love, but then along with brotherly love, you have to add agape love, which is the God kind of love. Brotherly love is the kind of love that causes you to drive. I was over at Mom's the other day, and we were sitting there, and there was a car come down this little street, and she just lives right over here in town, just this little street with some houses, and there's a car comes down through there. I mean like a bat out of, you know, where? Out of a cave. (laughs) Thank you, David. Like a bat out of a cave. That car was just... Flying down through there. And uh, I know of the street, There's somebody has a sign, um, drive like your children live here. Or play here. Anybody ever seen that? Well, brotherly love says, um, my sister and her children live in, in this neighborhood, so I'm going to drive slow. Why? Mutual. Mutual affection. Because there's a mutual relationship between me and my sister. Mutual affection. Now, this is not true. My, my sister, all her kids are grown up just like all of mine. But I've got to make some stuff up as I go. So, y'all with me? We're going to pretend like i got a sister that lives over here on the avenue. And um, so... So I've got a relationship with her. And because of that, I'm aware of her children there. And so her children mean something to me. And so I'm going to drive slow through the neighborhood. Mutual affection. Agape love says, I don't know who these kids are. But I'm going to drive slow because they matter. They matter to God. Do you see the difference? Mutual is, okay, there's something here that's beneficial to me and this other person because we have a relationship. Agape says, I don't know them from Adam, but my daddy knows them. And because my daddy knows them, and they're important to my daddy, and and my daddy loves them, therefore I love them. Does that make sense? And so that is another level, and, and it's not... It's not an accident that as we build this wall, love, you got faith on the bottom of this wall and love is on the top of it and everything else in between. Sandwich between faith and love. And our faith is ineffective if we don't love right. We read that, didn't we? Our faith is ineffective if we don't love right. And so he says... You're building this wall that's going to that's gonna help you never stumble. We'll see that. It, it's got to have mutual affection. But it's got to go the next mile and it's got to have agape love. The God kind of love. And where the God kind of love is missing, we have a world like we have today. Now, if you look outside the doors, you see that some people are able to have mutual affection. This group, they're all the same. They all like each other, so they have mutual affection, but they cannot stand this group. This group, they're all similar. They all have similar thoughts. They have mutual affection, but they cannot stand that group. Agape love is the only way to bridge that gap. For if you possess, for if you, for if you. Listen to me, for if you. How many of you know what that means, for if you? It means it's conditional. For if you don't, or for if you do, right? David wants a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. I mean, how many of you love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? (laughs) Man, y'all are not even southern. Where'd y'all come from? (laughs) Three of you raised your hand. We either got a bunch of liars in this room, or somebody opened the gates and let you all come from somewhere up there, now, David wants a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Do you want one? So you got two men wanting peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right? Both of them have peanut butter in the cabinet. Both of them have jelly in the refrigerator and both of them have bread sitting in, out on the countertop. This man goes to work and has a jelly sam- peanut butter jelly sandwich. This man goes to work and he doesn't have one. For if you get the peanut butter out, and if you spread some peanut butter on a piece of bread, and if you, if you would have, if you, (laughs) if you put some jelly on one of them, and if you take those two, if you would have, just keep it in mind, (laughs) if you put those two together, you got you a peanut butter jelly sandwich and you are enjoying the afternoon. Dwight, on the other hand, is looking over here and he's saying, yeah, he's looking at you saying, it ain't fair. It ain't fair he gets a peanut butter jelly sandwich. If you would have taken what you had already been given and done something with it, Dwight, you would be having one too. I am getting hungry. <laughs> Let's see. For if you... That means you got to do it, and, and if you don't do it, you're not going to get the you're not going to get to enjoy the results of it. Anybody get what I just said? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, that means we ought to always be growing. If you possess them in increasing measure. So he says, he didn't just say, if you possess these qualities, he said, you got to possess these qualities in increasing measure. And why does he say you have to increase these qualities in increasing measure? Because God is always growing. He never sits still. He's always moving forward. Why am I talking so fast? Because I've got a long way to go. and a short time to get there. We got to do what they say can't be done. For increasing... (laughs) Be ineffective, listen to this, for, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you should be growing. They should be increasing. My love, my agape love toward people should not be the same today as it was five years ago. My mutual affection should not be the same today as it was five years ago. My goodness should not be the same today as it was five years ago. My perseverance should not be the same today as it was five years ago. My faith should not be the same today as it was five years ago. I should always be increasing. We should always be increasing. And then he says, if you do that in increasing measure, they will what, the things that we just studied. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ in your intimate experiential knowledge. How many of you want to, you, you, you never want to be ineffective in your relationship with God in your faith? You don't want to be ineffective, do you? We want to be effective. We, how, we, we don't want to be unproductive, do we? So he tells us how to be effective and productive. But whoever does not, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Whoever does not have these things is nearsighted and blind. And, and here's the reason. We actually all, if you've been born again, all of this is inside of you ready to produce. The seeds are there, the seeds are in the word. Inside of us, we're ready to produce. But if you're nearsighted and blind, you can't see what you've got, right? Can't go to the peanut butter. It's there, but you, you can't go to it because you can't see it. Nearsighted and blind. How many of you know that nearsightedness and blindness all has to do with the light that gets in? And if you're blind, it's not doing correctly. If you are nearsighted, it's not doing correctly. There's something causing the light not to get in the way it's supposed to get in. The psalmist said that God's word is a, Lamp unto my path, a light, or or vice versa, whichever, but but one's a lamp, one's a light. A light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet, light to my path. A lamp to my feet, I can see the steps. A light to my path, I can see down the road just a little bit, but not, not completely far, I can see some down the road. God doesn't let us see at all. But when we take the light of the Word of God and we put it in. See, some of you, listen, listen, listen. as a pastor, I love you and I want you to hear this. Some of you are so troubled at what you see going on out there in this world. I've been there. But you're so troubled because you're, you're blind to the fact that in the last days, God said, "I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh." Why are you blinded? It because you haven't allowed the word to the light of that word to get in. Does that make sense? What keeps me from just going hopeless in this world is the light that has gotten in that keeps me from being blind. The devil wants to blind us to the light so that all we can see are His lies in His darkness. But when when we are opened, awakened to the light and we begin to see God as He really is, and He is a good God, even though the devil and all of his little helpers say that He's not a good God, He's a bad God, but God is a good God. And the more you begin to discover that, the light begins to get in and it begins to change you. When you start to feel hopeless, get the light in. Get the light in. Open up the window and let the, let the light in. Let the light in. Let the light in. Open up the window. Come on. Where'd that come from? Let's do it, come on sis, I want us all join in. Open up the window, let the light in. You get us started, come on everybody, let's go. What are we gonna do? Let the light in. What window? What window? These windows. Open up these. Open up this. The light starts to shine the light goes in and it does more than just blind me. It gets down inside and all of a sudden I start to see things that I never saw before and now you've done gone in there and you've grabbed you and please make this spiritual. Some of you have a hard time understanding when I flip from a spiritual to a physical to a spiritual but now I'm combining the physical and the spiritual you go in there and you find that spiritual peanut butter and you find that spiritual bread and you find that spiritual jelly and you've made you a sandwich, and you're enjoying the same thing that he is, and you don't have to be sad about it anymore. You don't have to be jealous anymore. Why? Because you discovered when your eyes was open that God's given you the same thing that he gave him. God! Yeah. God! <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> ah, I feel electricity vibrating through my body right now, but Whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed. Don't forget what's been done for you. Don't forget. Don't forget. How many of you have ever forgotten? We've all been there. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget what? That you've been cleansed from your past sins. Don't he's not saying, well, what about the future? No, he's just saying, listen, don't you forget where you were and where he's brought you. Don't you forget, when you start to get real down, don't you forget, don't you forget. I loved it in both, in both of the service when we got to that part of the song that talked about all the failures. You could hear people in the congregation, it's like, whoop, it's like, oh yeah, I felt that one. You ever sang something to you, felt it? It's like you felt that all the failures is gone, all the sin is gone. Don't ever forget that. See, if you don't forget that, you'll be loving. If you don't forget that, if, if you forget, you'll, you'll be judgmental. If, if you forget that your sins have been forgiven, you've been cleansed from your sins, you'll start to get judgmental. But if you remember, oh, I know where I was and I know where I am and it's all because of Jesus. And I know I ain't where I could be, but I ain't where I was. Why? Because my sins have been forgiven. Now, this last part, I want you to grab. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Twice in this passage, we've read the words, make every effort. Now, how many of you can grasp, make every effort? Make every effort means what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of them was, verse 5, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And the other one is verse 10, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. If you do these things, you will never stumble. Make every effort. What does that mean? make every effort to confirm your calling and election make sure you've been saved make sure we make every effort on a lot of things but this is one you cannot afford to go lazy on make every effort to confirm what is he saying make sure you're saved Make sure you've been saved. Make every effort to make sure you've been saved. See, a lot of people think because they're born in America that you're a Christian. Just because I was born in this country, because I was born here, and there's a Bible in the bookshelf, I must be a Christian. Because my, da- my mom and daddy must have been Christians. Why? Because I was born in America and there's a Bible on the bookshelf. Of course, we know that, that that we're in a post-America, that that's not true anymore. But a lot of people are still there in the Bible Belt. And, and here's, what, here's what he's saying. The very first thing you've got to do, because... You can't add all this stuff if you don't make sure you're saved. Being saved is being born again. Jesus said, unless you've been born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. And unless you experience a spiritual birth, you can't see the spiritual things. So Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, wait a minute. You're gonna take this. My mama is about five foot tall. I'm six three. Nicodemus is saying, How in the world? Born again? How are we gonna take me and do this all over again? I can see my mama running down the road fast as she can go right now. It's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual birth that physical beings can experience that will change your life forever. Say, but, but how does it work? Like Nicodemus, I mean, how, can we see the Spirit going in? How do we see this? And Jesus said, eh, you can't see the Spirit going in, but you can see the results, and he's there. Yes, see, is, what does that mean? Well, if we go outside you can look out that window and you can't see wind. But if there is a trash can rolling down the road and there's paper blowing down the road, you know there's wind. Why? You can't see the wind. It's invisible. You can't see the Holy Spirit. He's invisible. But when he gets where he's going, you can see that he's been there. Are you with me? Somebody that's, depressed and hopeless and no reason to live suddenly has a reason to live. Somebody wants to commit suicide and now they want to get in the word of God and go to church. What's going on with that? Somebody that is addicted to drugs and now they just want to get addicted to Jesus. What's going on with that? That's the result of what you cannot see. And so today, let's just make sure There may be some of you here to say, Bud, you know what? I don't know if I've ever been born again. I've just been a good old boy. I've tried my best. Doing as good as I can. Just hoping that one day I'd get to heaven. Hoping I've done enough. Well, what's enough? If there was any way, if there was any way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ, God would be the cruelest God in the world to watch his son go to a cross, die a horrible death on a cross, shed his blood if there was any other way. There is no other way. But when we put our faith in Jesus, Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You may get down sometimes, but the resurrection power inside of you will lift you back up. You may run astray sometimes, but the Holy Spirit's always there chasing you down, trying to turn you around and get you heading back the other way again. He can do in you what nobody can do. Have you been born again? Do you know him? Have you received him as your Savior? If you have not, now would be a wonderful time. Now would be a wonderful time to become a child of God, a member of his family you bow your heads with me for a moment if you're in this room and you want to pray right now we're all going to pray with you together I'll lead us in the prayer but if you have if you need to make sure as Peter said make sure you're calling an election make sure you're saved. is anybody here Say, but I I know I need to be born. I've never been born again, and I know I need to be saved today. Anybody here, or there, be those that say, "I just you know what? I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I need to be sure." I want to pray to God bless you. I'm not sure, and I need to be sure. So I tell you. What? Let's do this. Let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And you are a Savior who came to save sinners. I release my sin asking your forgiveness and I receive your righteousness in my life right now I stand before you righteous because of you I choose you I choose to follow you I choose to be born again I receive you into my heart Holy Spirit, give me life and fill me in Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What do y'all think a beautiful day, right? Let's sing, let's sing one more time before we leave. Why don't you stand? Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.